The U.S. Census Bureau reports that 400,000 new businesses are started every year in the USA. 470,000 are dying, however. But here's the kicker. According to the Small Business Administration, or the SBA, 66% of small businesses will survive their first two years, and one-third of total businesses will fail during the first two years. The SBA also says that about 50% of businesses fail during the first year in business, and many others will say that these numbers are far higher. I believe that to be true. And if you start a business, and I pray that you do, there's a good chance that you will fail as well. Your job as an entrepreneur is to maximize your chances to succeed in business. So what can we do about it? Well, many things come to mind. Here's a few that I can think of. Be passionate like a mofo about what you're doing. Be courageous and take risks. Work your ass off and focus like you've never focused before. Now, these are the things that I know for sure will help you, but maybe there are other things. What about feng shui or spirituality or listening to your intuition? Yes, yes, and yes. All three of these things will assure success as well. Are you with me? You'll hear a funny story about me taking a leap and moving out of a place I lived for 11 years in this podcast interview. I did it because I trusted today's guests with all of my heart and soul. And I trust that you will too, once you hear their brilliance around all these different dimensions. So one question I've asked many of my thought leader friends is this, is it manifestation or intuition? For example, did you intuit that something was going to happen or did you think and feel about it and it happened? <laughs> Which do you think it is? Considering the fact that everything is interconnected and we are all literally one, which is it? I still have yet to receive a good answer on this question, at least one that works for me, and I've asked so many brilliant minds and deeply dropped in people. Seems to be more of that paradox I spoke about in episode 5 with my dear brother Satyan Raja. A funny quote from George Carlin, the brilliant comedian, If you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? How many times I've made a small or big shift in my life with the hopes of some benefit to myself or others or both. And oh, so many times I ignored the advice from others or even worse, totally ignored that little voice telling me to do or not do something. You know, that little voice or still small voice that is always there, always sharing, always caring. Do you ignore it? Think of a time you knew you shouldn't do something. You felt it, you heard something, you might have even said something out loud to yourself, but you ignored it. And I'm guessing you looked back and regretted it. Am I right? Now the cool thing is this, you probably got to face one of your dragons in these instances. And in that you transformed something in your reality. So our ignorance is not always a bad thing. Am I right? I am the wisest man alive, for I know one thing, and that is that I know nothing. Plato. Welcome to the Face Your Dragon podcast, where we help you, a messenger with a mission, leverage your fear to amplify your voice in the world. On the show, we open up the concept that what you are most afraid of and most resisting are the very things that will set you free. With courage, with clarity, with contribution, you can have it all. 
This show will engage in deep, enriching conversation with thought leaders, best-selling authors, celebrities, athletes, icons, and regular Joes who have faced their fear and are now using it to create impact in the world. I'm Brad Axelrad, and I'll be your host. Today's guests are true champions of the divine spirit that is. Pamela Edwards Ryan and Michael White Ryan are the founders of Language of Space, an innovative firm which accelerates business performance through feng shui for workplace and residential environments. Their expertise includes business and residential feng shui, management profiles, business advisory, and event planning. Pamela and Michael are recognized by their peers as being in the top 100 global feng shui consultants. They've also helped businesses advance into Inc.'s top 500 fastest growing American companies. Give a listen to my sweet friend share how to create success by using the invisible energy that is us, that is all around us, that wants you to be successful. Michael White Ryan and Pamela Edwards Ryan, welcome to the Facial Dragon podcast, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I laugh and get kind of, it's a nervous laughter, but it's also an excited laughter just because I'm so curious to hear where this crazy conversation is going to go and really, really excited to dive into some of the dragons you guys have faced and some of the work you do with clients in feng shui and really excited to see where it goes. Thank you. We are too. Well, you know, fortunately enough, you've known us long enough to understand that, yep, there are some uh, sidetracks to all this. (laughs) You know, I I just want to share this quick story. One of the things that really prompted one of my first big leaps was you guys coming into my condo that I had been living in for about 11 years at that point. And I said, guys, what should I do here? You know, where should I move stuff around? How can I be more effective and successful in my life on all levels, physical health, financial health, relationship health? And you guys came into my space. I thought you'd been there before. Maybe not. But you sort of shook your head and said, Brad, you got to move. And I said, is there anything else? Like, I own this place. Is there anything else? So why don't you share your experience of walking into space and how that sort of shows up for your intuition and you know what to do, it seems. Well, it's not just walking into a space, it's looking at the external environment and the individual and to see how that energy actually get in the door. So if you're not being fed, it's like you're starving, you know, so we need to see, number one, how the energy feeds into your space. And so that's probably one of the main reasons we immediately thought, okay, Brad, you can do something better. Yep. So in your particular case, and and you are a very creative person, and so this also applies to a lot of startups is the when we look at why the small business failure rate is still functioning between 76 and 80 percent and it's been doing so for 10 or 15 years we're obviously not making a change to it then why is it still continuing so in your particular case as you may remember we always profile our clients or the people that we're working with before we do anything and in your particular case we knew that You had so much creativity that being so close to water over a long period of time was impeding the correct decisions or what to do next. And sometimes it creates confusion. So when we look at startups, we look at the same thing. And startups are creative people. So they start their business and then 12 months later, they're not there. It's because they're so creative. It's not that they don't know how to run the business. It's just that running the business isn't in their best interest they're better off still keeping the creative aspect going forward so the business can grow. Once they get tied up into paperwork and all the other crap 
and the personalization and the problems, it bogs them down. And then the next thing you know, the business has gone past them. There's not enough money. They chose the wrong people. You know, it just goes on and on. And in your particular case, like we said, you know, move away from water. You move to the mountains and like, I think you came back three or four months later and you stayed with us and you said, my God, you guys were so right. I feel so much freer. <laughs> it's interesting, man. I, I forgot that it was a water thing and we had read my chart and, and looked into the, um, you literally said I was drowning. I had all these elements in water, like so much of my entire chart, I was drowning in water. And sometimes it literally felt like that. I just felt full of so much going on. And that was an interesting chapter. You know, I'd just exited another business and a lot of what you were saying, you know, I think of e-myth when you're sharing what you are, that the entrepreneurial myth is that Michael Gerber talks about is that exact thing, a technician or let's say a mechanic or a pie creator or baker starts their business and they drown in all the other aspects of business. They're great technicians, but they're not entrepreneurs. It's really interesting to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, we see it all the time. The difficulty is for those creative people to understand that because they're the founders of that business and they want to be the CEOs. But we saw this with Steve Jobs and we were a couple of years back in uh, Tony Shea's apartment and I see a bunch of guys coming down from San Francisco and they're extremely successful. But he said they've been plateaued for the last two years and didn't know how to get out of it. So I asked them all their birth dates and you wouldn't believe it. The CEO was a creative person. The head of finance was a creative person. The uh, head of IT was a creative person. I said, you got to find an organizer and, you know, get a fourth partner and life will just go ahead. It's that simple. And it's very hard because of the education we've had around business to even understand what that means. So it's getting it through that mindset thinking that says I need to be a, I need to have A, B, C, D in a row in order to survive when sometimes it needs to be changed around. Especially when you look at core values in a companies, we go into companies and we look at their core values and straight away we can see the reason why no one gets it is the core values are out of sequence with the company. Or they're outdated. Or they're outdated. Mm -hmm. So what do those look like, you guys? I mean, share what that looks like to be outdated or out of sequence. Any core value that's over six months old now is outdated. And the reason for that is, is the businesses are going around moving along so fast that outside of our normal round of functioning or how we survive or where we do business, we don't know just how fast it's going. So I gave a great example. Last time we gave a business talk, I asked everybody to tell me if their business was going to increase overnight, what sort of percentage would they like to see to make them comfortable? And then, of course, you know, we had the wild one of 45 degrees. We have the 25 degrees percentage increase, you know, the 15, that would make them happy. But if you look at how businesses are going now, businesses that have been around for five or eight years, their increase in business is somewhere between 20 and 28,000 percent. That's how far removed we are from what's going on in business. And if you look at the last two years of the number one fastest growing companies in America, they both used feng shui and their businesses both went up more than 8,000 percent. Now, if we're not thinking like that, we're already behind the eight ball no matter where we go, what we learn, what event we do, which mentor we go to. It makes no difference if I'm still studying the past shit that's holding me exactly where I want to move from. Yeah, I'm hearing it. And I also like that you just use the word shit. I really like got the impact there because we were joking about swearing and how we might swear some. And we did. Ah, ah. 
It's the Aussie indie boy. <laughs> so letting it rip. So I mean, there. You know, obviously, this is the Face Your Dragon podcast. Businesses have dragons to face. We as humans have dragons to face. You know, what have you noticed that are some of sort of the common themes of challenges? It sounds like you're, you've expressed many of them, but what is it that someone needs to do to sort of own that problem in the business that people aren't looking at or something like how does that play out? So what I see is people need to be willing to get out of their comfort zone. And what it means is then taking a look at what the cause and what the effect is of what's going on in their business, confronting their demons, you know, confronting their dragon, as you say, to see what's really on the table so that they can move forward. That's such a good point. We pretend that stuff isn't really that bad and and we stay stuck. And it's interesting, Terry Tillman on the podcast I just did last week that'll be out really soon here, he actually claims that he came up with the comfort zone concept. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a big claim. And I believe it. He's been in this space for 40 plus years. One of the founders of LifeSpring or was the ground floor of LifeSpring many years ago. But that's so interesting. So we stay in this, what Gay calls our zone of competence or our zone of excellence, and we don't take the big leap or break free into our zone of genius. So I would assume that in corporate cultures, in the infrastructure, the layout of a building, you know, there's a comfort level there. You know, who wants change? People are freaked out of change. It creates all this cascade of emotions and biochemicals. So people stay stuck. And I'm assuming that when you come into companies, just like you did in my house, I mean, I was shocked when you said, Brad, you need to move. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not ignoring what you're saying. And I was scared to death. Like I took it in. So I would assume people get really uptight and kind of crunchy when you say, hey, we got to move your furniture around or change the colors or move out of the building, right? Yes, but we're used to hearing that and don't let it bother us because on the flip side, once they've done it, they're in shock. <laughs> like, oh my God, I had no idea it could be like this. Yeah. We had a great example on Saturday. We went mm -hmm. to a client's place. We already knew when we got there that it was going to be difficult to make any changes and the first suggestion on the inside, it was a home, and the client owned the home, is to move the dining room where the living room was and move the living room where the dining room was and then alter where the barbecue was outside the house and where the settees were and everything. We left at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We got a phone call at 5, 5.30 in the afternoon. They'd already got the handyman over. They'd already switched the dining room, the living room, and they absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it and never, ever considered it in the whole time they'd ever lived there and loved what they were already living in. The other thing, Brad, is the difficulty. We're starting to understand that how powerful intuition is. And if we really want to understand what intuition is, is to never mind where it comes from or whatever, because we can get down in that dogma. But what it does do is separates us from our mindset. Now, our favorite motivator, I call him Mr. Silverback motivator tells you you know if you want to get out of your comfort zone you know jump up and down on stage and you'll release find your soul the thing is if i'm still thinking out of my logical left brain i can't escape anything no matter how good or bad it is so unless i'm making a switch over to how i feel about it first and know that it doesn't feel good for me and then do something different i often say to business people why are you choosing what you like instead of what's good for the business and that's where for years and years now we've been saying or the world has been saying to us, you have the power of choice. It's been a load of crap. It's like, why are you still making the same choices? No wonder you can't move forward. 
Yeah, so what do you think it is that people keep making the same choices and creating the same experiences over and over again? What is that? Mindset is a prison, and we can't get out of it. And until we get out of it, we are going to live in a repetitive world. It doesn't matter. See, even um, if you're extremely successful, you won't listen to what I'm saying, say a company or whatever. And because you're already making 250% on everything that you do, it's fantastic. But once you move out of your mindset, that company may move into 500%. The trouble is because I'm doing all right, I don't even look that I can actually do better on such a large scale. We've got testimonials, written testimonials from companies where their business has gone up 400% and we will never use that testimony. Why? Because no one's ever going to believe it. Well, the language of space, baby. Can people hold the space for it? And, you know, there's still that part of me that doubts even what you're saying is a possibility. Even though I've experienced it, I'm guessing a lot of people are skeptics. Like if I were to move things around in my home that it's going to create breakthrough or income or relationship or love or whatever it is. And I'll tell you, man, since I've been shifting my energy up between living in Costa Rica, living in Boulder for that year and a half, it's opened up so much because I was in a stagnant state. I mean, I was had a lot of good things going on, but shifting the energy up really did create the possibility. So I'm curious to hear, how do you get people to sort of trust you and move past their reactive mind of saying, oh yeah, there's no way this can work? I think, first of all, when we sit down and talk to someone, if we've triggered their emotions, they've shut down, they're no longer listening. If someone's really curious about moving their business forward and really open, and let's face it, a lot of people use that word open quite loosely, then they will ask a few questions and they will start to understand, okay, what we're saying and doing is probably got some value to worth listening to. And then we start off on a small basis. I'll give you a great example. So we have a client who come out of PSI, done all the training and what have you, single woman, successful business architect, you know, designing really uh, multi-million dollar houses, quite comfortable, but single and needs a partner. So engaged us, heard what we said, decided to give it a go. We moved her out of her office. We made some changes. Life started to change. We told her, do this in your house and do this. Do it all before a certain date. Did that. Eight, week, eight days later, met somebody. Eight months later, we chose the day that they could get married. And now we are explaining to the architect how to redesign their house in order for the two of them to live together because the guy's out of state, right? So what happens is that just seems to continue and those people stay with us for long periods of time. We helped a company get on the top 200 fastest growing companies in America four years ago and they're still with us. When they decide to buy a building, they come and ask us, is it the right time to buy the building? And we go, no. It's not the right time to building. Oh, six months later, is it the right time to buy the building? No, it's not the right time. Six months later, is it the right time for me to buy a building? Yep, now's the time. And no matter what consequences happen during that escrow process, I will say or ring up the owner and say, never mind what's going on or how bad it looks. Because the timing's right, it's all going to happen. So now we're working with the architect on the remodel for the inside of the building. And it happens like that. And it's a bit like, you know, if you haven't had sex, you don't really know what it's like. So it's always the after experience. That's how, that's the bottom line. <laughs> well, it's quite euphoric, the after experience. So I'm sure this must be as well. And it was in my experience. Pamela, uh, any, anything from you on that? Yes, I do. Because, you know, 
skepticism, I understand because, and that's why when we come into a business or a situation, we can already see how that environment is influencing them. And so therefore we will start to speak about that. And they'll be like, well, how do you know that? Because it's, your environment's already telling a story about the strengths, the weaknesses, what's happening, what's not happening. And that then builds confidence and trust. Got it. I've got to ask this question. I love what you guys are saying. And this is something I've posed to many of my thought leader friends, some of the brightest minds I know. You guys lumped into that as well. And it's this question right here. Is it manifestation or is it intuition? Meaning, if I'm driving up the road to my mom's home up in Northern California, up a windy, gorgeous road with a river that runs basically along the whole road, it's hilly, it's kind of a canyon road, and I have this thought of there's a deer, slow down. Now, it could be fear, it could be intuition, or it could be manifestation. And what you said, Michael, which I agree, is that intuition is we're all getting a heightened sense of it because I just think we're growing and evolving as a species. Is it intuition or manifestation simply? Any thoughts on that? It's a great question. And my answer to anybody who usually asks me, does it really matter where it comes from if it's real? So we get tied up in whether or not I should trust something or not. I wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning and it says you've got to drive to town. And I get in the car and I drive to town. Nothing happens. I don't meet anybody and I come home. Today I said to Pamela, I've got to spend some time and talk to my son. So he wants to have a coffee. I go to the coffee shop. I'm standing there waiting for the coffee. Some woman comes up and starts chatting about this and that and la, 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 la. You know, it just goes on and on. And she introduces me to her husband. We're looking for a video photographer and the guy's a video photographer and he lives just around the corner. So, you know, synchronicity, call it whatever you like, intuition, it makes no difference where it comes from. The idea is really to be open to it because if I'm not open, it doesn't matter. I'm going to never, ever know. And so that's why it's so important to be aware of what's going on around us and it happens with us so many times in so many different ways. As long as we try to label something, we'll always be stuck on the label and miss the opportunity. And I believe opportunity happens to us every second of our lives. The fact that we're walking around blind like idiots, we can never see it, can never open the baseball mitt and catch it. Got it. Well said. Pamela, what do you got? Also, the fact is you have to look at people get caught up in manifesting and creating all these goals. But if you're in your mind and not in your heart about it, you're only projecting things that you want and it's not necessarily going to come back to you. You have to be in alignment with what you feel inside. And if you're not true to what you feel inside, it's not going to work out. You're probably thinking. Yeah, and a lot of people get caught up in that. They yeah. think because I'm thinking this, and this is my daily routine, this is going to happen. And then they, they, they get landslided by, well, why isn't it showing up? But if their fear is still inside about it, you know, if they're feeling about fear, even though they're thinking it, it's not going to show up for them. Well said, yeah. So we oftentimes think that manifesting is a simple, I'm going to think about it and meditate on it long enough and it'll happen. But you're so right. If there's that thread or that undercurrent of who am I to really have this or who am I to do this? It'll never happen. That's what we think. Oh, it'll never happen. Of course it won't ever happen. And I certainly we all get caught in these loops. Now, have you noticed business owners kind of in that skepticism, that healthy skepticism? I, I love Don Miguel Ruiz's a podcast guest number one when he, you know, the fifth agreement, the four agreements, of course, then he came out with the fifth agreement. 
But the fifth agreement was be skeptical, but learn to listen. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. explore that enough with him. I'd like to pull him back on the podcast to really have him outline what it means to have healthy skepticism and to listen. Is he saying listen to intuition, listen to what's being said? I'm guessing he's saying listen to everything, right? Listen to your thoughts, listen to your feelings, listen to your words, listen to the other person. You know, so it's interesting. There's lots of layers to manifestation. And, you know, and of course, there's the placebo effect, which I'm going to challenge you guys again here. If you say that moving the room is going to create income and a, and a lover or a partner or a husband, it just might because of the placebo effect. It's also intentional moves. So it's not just moving your room around however you like. Right. We have very specific ways in which you need to move it to be in alignment with who you are, to empower you to be the best you can. Yeah, it's a really good point. Michael. Well, you know, when we talk about there's many different layers, I think we need to move away from the layers and just understand we're integrated. And so if we're integrated, then it's really like, well, what am I integrated with? So we've got everybody now saying, you know, we're all connected. Well, that's great, but no one's been able to define it, right? We're still looking for the definition of that, which means we're still stuck in our frigging head. So we need to move out of that mindset in order to understand to find out what, to be aware, I should say, of what's around us. So I'm not just a person. I'm also surrounded by so many other things, including synchronicity, opportunities, the building I live in, the people I meet, the ma- the furniture, what's coming through my front door, the past, the future. You know, it's so multi-layered until we start understanding the multi-layeredness of it and start functioning in that direction we're always going to be doing the logical step-by-step going to this seminar to learn, am I one of the four archetypes or the 10 archetypes? Well, you know, every time I move into a crowd, every fourth person is me. Wait a minute, that's impossible. That's because we're all individuals. So we're counterproductive in the way that we're thinking still. And so it's like a we're struggling with the one step forward, one step back in trying to do the right thing without ever finding out who we are. We're always following somebody else's stuff, yeah. you know, especially if it's, uh, you know, we go to this event and the guy's telling me he was successful in 1960. What the hell's that got to do with now? Sure. Nothing at all. And anyone who doesn't change their core values or change something up every six months, they're probably already moving too slow anyway. So, We really have to start looking at many different aspects of how we're functioning and what we're doing. And as long as we're stuck in the mindset, which is a logical process, every step can only happen one at a time. Thank God for artists who already show us what's capable of doing when we can jump 10 steps and produce. It's already there. We're just not picking up on it yet. That's really good. Yeah, it's as uh, Blaine Bartlett shared on last week's podcast, we need to just simply organize to receive. I thought that was so brilliantly stated. We just need to organize ourselves. It's all there. It's all there. We're just blocking the flow of all possibility with our fears, with our thoughts. And I love to paraphrase Einstein. I've said this probably multiple times on on the podcast, but uh, the intellect is a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. And if we're if we're leading from mind all the time, which you know most of us are, we're so heavy heavy intellect, and yeah, it excludes all the other possibility, the quantum field, which is really what you guys are talking about. It's like how do we play in all dimensions from this beautiful place of accepting all of these possibilities? And I, I just love that so much. So when you talk about the four agreements and then the fifth one, it's like the four we talk about is you know the who am I, what am I, where am I, when am I. 
And the fifth one is possibility to probability. <laughs> See, we're still looking at, I just wrote a great article in a fantastic magazine called the The Eden Magazine, which is online and uh, it's in Los Angeles magazine. And I wrote about success. And success today is our distraction. It's become the holy grail of most business people. We're aiming for success. The interesting thing, I spelt it S-U-C-K-C-E-S-S. And the editor wrote back, the owner of the magazine wrote me back and said, can you please spell that a different way? And if I spell it a different way, we lose the essence. We're still stuck on the definition of things, which is singular, rather than the meaning, which is plural. And life is plural. It has never been singular. There's nothing singular on the planet that survives, which is why businesses are going relationship, relationship, relationship. Hello. Yeah, it's well, there's been a shift that's really good. I'm just appreciating your passion so much right now. I've always loved that about you. In the six Hang on, I've got to put my clothes back on. Yeah, something, what's going on over there? In the six or seven years I've known you guys, it's been a long time. So what would you say some of the biggest dragons are you guys have had to face? Certainly, you've had to overcome some adversity in starting your business and you know, figuring out how to organize yourselves in a way that's in alignment with all the principles you teach. And what are some of the stuff you guys have had to overcome? Anything at all that you feel like sharing? Well, for us, it's always finding that message that people can relate to that creates a clear right. uh, image about what we do. And problem is we're so close to it all the time that it's so hard to step out of our own way and really find the essence of how to communicate what, you know, so people can really understand it and get it. It's so big, Brad. You just look around. The world is so big. So imagine that if we're connected, everything about us is big. It's huge. Imagine trying to explain that. It's like manifestation. I'm in control of my life. Wow. I just met a great scientist who measures people when they're doing uh, pure focus and unconditional love on another human being. And they're finding that one day it works and another day it doesn't work. And he was sort of ignoring me, obviously. And I said to him, well, you're telling me that you can run a controlled environment. He said, absolutely. And I said, uh, you're telling me you override the concept like God. And he said, OK, you got my attention. So if we think we're in control in any way, whether we're manifesting or not, the planet's still laughing. You know, as individuals, we have trouble communicating to the world. So imagine when you've got a concept that's already been labeled woo woo and then trying to work out how that fits into business when business has already been set up as you need to have your business plan, you need to get your website, you need to get on Instagram, you need to connect with this person, you have to go to that seminar, you have to join the Chamber of Commerce, you have to, have to, have to, have to, you know, all this stuff. Well, I was running a class on self-confidence and communication and I was asking everybody on the first night why they were in the class. And the third person I asked said, well, I'm a professor at the university and I teach mathematics. And I went, wow, that's interesting. So are you in the middle of the divorce or has it already happened was my answer. And he looked at me absolutely shocked. He said, how do you know that? And I said, no woman wants to make love to a mathematical equation. And you know what? He stayed for the whole three months, one night a week, and I saved his marriage. Or he saved his marriage by understanding that he needed to do something different and start thinking of her through the feeling rather than through the thinking of what he was supposed to do. 
Really and that's the way that we attack businesses. We're still thinking about the business without understanding who we are, which is why we profile everybody first. If I don't know who you are, I can't help you unless I truly know who you are. Otherwise, what I'm going to do is going to give you the generalization that we give the other 25,000 people. That's disrespectful. Yeah, it's almost prescription without diagnosis. Absolutely. Yeah. Brad, you understand being a coach that you have to really get into the people to really understand what their strengths and weaknesses and what you call the dragon, because that's what's going to create the shift. And yeah. it's not always an easy thing. I mean, it's like people have to really own up to themselves. For sure. And the beauty in that is, you know, the positioning with the dragon is that it's not your greatest challenger. It's actually your greatest strength. It will challenge you the most. Yes. But once you learn to face it, what I like to say is find it, face it, and then ride it. You want to use your fear, use your resistance. All the things that, that you're most resisting and most afraid of are the very things that will set you free. They're your moneymaker. They're your gift to humanity. It's your message. So for me, it was public speaking. So have you found that with the people you work with? A lot of what they're most resisting ends up being the biggest breakthrough for them. Yes. Absolutely, mm -hmm. for sure. You've got to start with you first because you're the decision maker. Otherwise, you're a follower. You know, I just did a leadership program with a number of people for a large corporation. And at the end of it, I said to the owner, you know, one person might be a leader. The rest will always be managers. And that's because being a leader is entirely different. And it's like um, you and your last speaker talked about. Leadership is a different way of thinking. It's not a followed set of rules. Otherwise, you're a, you're a follower. And if you're a follower, you're not a leader. The other thing is a lot of people will tell you that leaders have to be taught. They don't come naturally. Well, that's got to be absolute rubbish. You know, there are people that just step into leadership roles quite easily. No one taught them anything. And we've seen that through history time and time again. You know, no one taught Steve Jobs how to be a leader. And he wasn't in the beginning, but he soon worked out what was missing. And, you know, look, there's the story over and over. Look at my motivational silverback speaker, Tony Robbins. He learnt the hard way through experience. He got to a certain point and he just pulls them in by the masses and changes people's lives or gives them the opportunity for them to change their lives because you can never do it for anybody anyway. Doesn't matter how much learning, doesn't matter how many books you read, makes no difference. It's like... By never stepping up into you creating you, you can never be the leader of yourself. And I believe some people are meant to lead their family and some people are meant to lead, you know, a five people business company and some people are meant to lead thousands of people. We all have our position in life. The thing is right now through the internet and everything, everyone should be a leader, but it's not true. You know, my son can draw just like as good as any artist, so I'm hopeless. If I try to be an artist, then I'm wasting my time. We have to find our talents, and our talents are what's going to make us successful if we follow our talents. If we follow the education that we've given or what our parents wanted to do or what we needed to do with to, to make money and be successful, we're probably always struggling because we're not following our true talents, and that's where passion comes into it. Yeah, it's a good point. Any thoughts on that, Pamela? Well, I think I'm looking at some things maybe a little differently in that when we go into a company, even though we do the feng shui, what we see is the most important thing is the human relationships between the people. And that's just what's going to make the company or break the company. And it can be just a few people in the company that can derail where they're headed. And so it's a, 
by identifying who those people are by doing their profiles, sometimes we can turn them around and sometimes it is better that they move on. And when you change the environment, potentially what can happen and what we've seen happen in the past is the people that are not in alignment with the company, they find once the energy shifted, they're not interested to be there anymore. Interesting. So the corporate culture will shift and it sort of naturally weeds out people who don't resonate anymore. Not the corporate culture. What happens is when we profile an individual, we also know which office they should be in. So when we put them into the office that they need to be in in order to be more productive, to make less mistakes, to be more the leader of themselves, if they're sucking on the company, they will get so uncomfortable that they will leave in themselves. If they want to be part of that company, all of a sudden their productivity just picks up and all of a sudden they're engaged in the company a lot better. And so we find that productivity in the company goes up, there's less personality problems, mistake rates go down, and everything works out, especially when we shift CEOs. We move them from the room that they're in. You know, they've got the big room with the white couch and all that crap. We move them to the office, which is better for them. All of a sudden, they start making better decisions. It's insane. But everything affects us. The thing is, everything affects us because we're connected to everything. The only reason we're not thinking that everything affects us is because we're still practicing segregation to life. I'm just taking this in. It's really, really good stuff. I wasn't sure if you were saying move office, meaning move them from Los Angeles to San Diego, or if you were saying move office positions like a role, meaning from president to vice president. And then I heard what you were actually saying was just literally move offices in the in the same space. But any of those could be true. You may, I mean, you're probably not making recommendations on where they should move laterally or in the company. Unless they're choosing a different building and they are moving. We do help in that instance. Yeah. I'll give you a quick example. We did a car yard and within three months, the person who was selling the lead, we shifted all the salesmen around in the car yard. The person who was doing the least amount of sales in three months became the number one salesman. <laughs> wow. It's just I... helping people to live to their potential. Yeah. We're just helping people become the potential that they're here for. Yeah, they to, already to express. have it. It's, it's like in their destiny, but it's... we are not living what the realization of who we really can be. Yeah, that's all we're doing, isn't it? We want to express who we are. We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. And we want to be free enough without rejection or judgment to express who we are. And the moment we start doing that, man, we start singing. Wow. It's beautiful. So guys, I, mean, I love where this conversation's going. I could talk to you guys all day because I love you and love your message. And But let's start to wrap up. Where does everybody find you? What's the website and where does everybody find you to get more info? We have a website, Language with Space, and we are in the process of potentially putting together a new website. So it'll still have Language with Space. So you may see a transition. Also on Facebook, we have a Language with Space page and it's good to go there because we're also creating event pages from there for seminars and weekend events that we're putting together. We have a couple of different things going these days. We realize, you know, exactly what like you're talking about in your previous speakers, the importance of the singularity and the integrated aspect of who we are. So on the singular aspect, we run uh, single day leadership programs where we talk about the saboteurs, left brain, right brain, what's holding us back and try to face some of those, overcome some of those things that are holding us back. It's like building a new foundation of who we are and building it from the time right now. 
and then they are one-day events, and the other ones are three-day events where we do the integrated. In other words, we profile you, we look at your office, we show you how to rearrange your office, we show you how to rearrange your home, we talk about leadership, we deal with the saboteurs, we do so much in that. It's like looking at us more holistic as a complete human being rather than on a singular aspect. And understanding energy in not only the way we think, but what surrounds us and who surrounds us and how to pull all that together so that we can get the things that aren't working for us, the negatives in life, find the strengths in those and turn them into positives. It's beautiful, guys. So what would you say is one final thing you can share with us? What's one action step or a thought process? I don't know. When you change your environment, you change the behavior, you change your thinking, you change the actions that happen from that. So it's very important, you know, and when you change your environment, the whole purpose is to stimulate your senses to evolve. That's what we're about. Got it. Michael. So it's a question that often gets asked. And if we're all connected, there's no such thing as singular. And it's interesting that we're still coming up with this idea of duality, positive and negative. The only reason duality was ever brought into the system is so that we could communicate something that looks entirely different, something which is good compared to something which is bad. It was never to separate anything. It was only because of the primal way that we communicate. So good and bad exist in the same thing. You know, today I eat the food, it's fantastic. Tomorrow I eat the same food and I don't feel so good. So is it negative or is it positive or is it something else? If everything's connected, if there is no good and there is no bad, it's just the one. So until we start understanding oneness, we're going to run around in circles with our heads chopped off and never get anywhere and always thinking that somebody else is going to save our ass. And it's a, a lie. We really need to step up and be who we are. The only single thing that anybody ever needs to do is come back to self first. It's really good, man. So excited to add more flavor and context to this uh, in the pre-interview. <laughs> Such good stuff, you guys. I'm really grateful to know you and to have you be one of the catalysts for me to take my big leap to shift out of a condo that I was in my comfort zone and pretty happy there on some levels, but also knew I needed to make some shifts. So I'm just grateful for your friendship and your guidance and your nudges. So thank you. We're glad, you, we're glad you're still talking to us after we make <laughs> Yeah, Brad, you know we love you. <laughs> oh, I know. The journey I'm on now, you guys are part of this. I tell you, as I learn to live out of a camper the next five months. But anyway. Oh, it's temporary. <laughs> yeah. Thanks oh, for no, having it's, us. It's Thanks not bad. Having... I'll tell you, I'm two weeks up in the mountains starting uh, starting in two days, so it's not horrible. All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us today. We're so appreciative of you having us. You bet. Talk to you soon. I want to thank our guests for sharing their hearts and brilliance with us. Thank you, Michael and Pamela. We're also grateful for your contribution to the world. You can find out more about them at languageofspace.com. And as we dive deeper into facing your dragon, I want to offer you the opportunity to discover the number one hidden fear stopping you from earning what you're worth. Be sure to take the one minute quiz at couragequiz.com. If there's something here I mentioned that you want to review again, keep in mind we keep all the notes for you, including links to everything we've talked about today. You can find the show notes for this episode at faceyourdragon.com forward slash episode 023. 
And finally, I would like to invite you to subscribe and leave a five-star review for the Facial Dragon podcast by visiting faceyourdragon.com forward slash subscribe. Be sure to share this episode with your tribe on social media. If it was useful for you, we'd love that. And join the conversation in the Face Your Dragon Facebook group as we talk more about your greatest fears being the very thing that will set you free. Tune in to episode 24 because I'll be talking with my dear friend, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., or as most close to him know him, Mikey. Like his father, he is sweet, brilliant, and fully alive in love. We discuss his book, The Five Levels of Attachment, another one of my favorites, and many other things derived from deep Toltec teachings. Be sure to give a listen. This incredible being and many more on the Face Your Dragon podcast. See you on the next show. And remember, when you face your dragon and take the leap, you will break free.